This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. If you spend more than $10,000 per year, that retirement savings wouldn't even last a year. So if Coast Fire sounds awesome, but living on less than $10,000 per year sounds horrible, then it's time to get rocking with your retirement investing. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're going to do three things. First, we're going to be answering a question about how to achieve Coast Fire. Second, we are back with our Be the Change segment. And for our new listeners, this is a quarterly segment we do that focuses on a charity or nonprofit that is helping kids to have a better chance at a great life. This quarter, we're featuring Junior Achievement. This is an organization focused on helping kids succeed through entrepreneurship, financial skills, and career readiness. And last but not least, my daughter Zoe and I are going to be doing another money quiz. And we will read our review of the month for this month's book giveaway. All right, let's jump into today's show. Coast Fire. Yeah, you've probably heard me talk about this concept before, but perhaps you don't know what it is or what I've been yammering on about. <laughs> That's what YouTube subscriber Alan is feeling right now. He asked me to make some content clarifying how our family achieved Coast Fire and how others can too. So that's what I'm going to talk about today, everybody. And thank you, Alan, for asking me to do so. So let's first discuss what Coast Fire is, or at least the definition that that I like to use. (laughs) So what is Coast Fire? Okay. To me, Coast Fire is when you have enough invested in your retirement accounts that you can decide to drastically slow down or completely stop new contributions and still retire comfortably in your 60s. When I'm talking about retirement accounts, that means I am talking about things like 401k, 403b, IRA, accounts that are focused on your future retirement needs. Because, I don't know about you, I don't have a pension waiting for me. And also my faith in Social Security being enough, or even being around by the time I'm 60, is not very strong. So let's talk about how our family achieved this status of Coast Fire, this this level here. Over the last decade of our marriage between Nicole and I, we have invested in tax-advantaged retirement accounts to create a comfortable future retirement. From 2013 through 2020, I maxed out my 401k contributions at work through time, compound interest, a strong stock market, consistent contributions, and a 15% employer match. My account grew quite a bit. Additionally, we have invested in Roth IRAs over the last decade as well. So between Nicole and I, we now have around $550,000 invested for our future retirement needs. Now, we're around 40 years old. We'll just use that easy math. Even though we're not 40 yet, we're 40 years old. Let's just say it. And time and compound interest 
have an excellent chance to work in our favor because we're only 40. I'm going to say only, only 40. If our family simply did not add another dime to our $550,000 with a conservative 7% growth rate, we could expect to have around $3 million by the time we retire at 65, $3 million. Now, this math equation isn't exact. It's not perfect. There are many, 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 many other factors to consider, like taxes, inflation, and if the stock market will continue to grow at its 10% average over the next few decades. Who knows? Nobody knows. But even if I'm, let's call it, wrong by half, (laughs) that's a lot. That still leaves us with $1.5 million at retirement time. So with a 4% safe withdrawal rate, that will allow our family to live comfortably on $60,000 per year. And considering that's what we're spending now, and we're happy, that'll work just fine. And if I'm correct in my first calculation, that we'll be closer to $3 million at retirement time, we'll be able to enjoy $120,000 per year at retirement. That's great. So if we land in the range of $60,000 to $120,000, I believe we'll be very comfortable and happy. So that's how I'm defining Coastfire and how I'm defining what we've done. Now, what do you do with your money if you stop investing for retirement? Well, the options for what to do with your money, if you're not worried about investing for retirement, it just are plentiful. This may be one of my favorite things to think about and plan for our family. So here are just a few ideas. The first one is vacation more. With more money available, you can create some more memories with your family today. Our favorite way to do this is with an awesome vacation. We live in Michigan, so we love getting out of town in the winter, and that's always at the top of our to-do list. We love sunny weather. We love sandy beaches. We love all-inclusive resorts. That is just our jam when it comes to the wintertime. We also like going up north and, and northern Michigan in the summertime, visiting friends around the country. So having money to do more of that is fantastic. Another thing that we can do with our money is invest more outside of retirement. Just because you stopped investing for retirement doesn't mean you have to stop investing for other important goals in life. Nicole and I are now investing in two separate taxable brokerage accounts with different purposes. The first account is being built up to serve as an early retirement account that would allow us to slow down working around 50 years old instead of 65. The second account currently allows us to enjoy dividends today for things like back to school shopping for our kids. This came from a $30,000 inheritance we received from Nicole's mom when she passed away a couple years ago. Since she loved doing back to school shopping with our kids, we decided to create a fund that would allow grandma to continue to take them shopping each year, even though she's not with us. And it helps us to have her memory live on. And it's something that Nicole and I both love and the kids love. Another thing to consider is upgrading your home. Since slowing down retirement investing, we've taken the opportunity to uh, plus up our forever home. Last year during the pandemic, we upgraded our kitchen and man, we absolutely love it. We found that we could just sort of knock down a half wall, build a little bar 
and have an area for our kids to sit and eat their breakfast while we're in the kitchen. It's just so cool. It's a great way for us to connect a little bit more, and we had the extra money to do it. And in the fall, we're getting a hot tub to enjoy year-round. Nicole has wanted a hot tub (laughs) ever since we got married. She talks about it all the time. (laughs) So I'm excited we're finally making that dream of hers come true. And then another thing to consider is upgrading your car. So for us, Nicole owned her car for the last 14 years. And since we had more money available, it was time to upgrade earlier this year. So we went with a 2017 Acura MDX. It was a used car, but it's fantastic. It's like super nice, super fully loaded, and it's more room for our growing kids. And it has a lot of nice features that just makes driving more enjoyable. Now I'm excited about upgrading my car as well. My car is now 11 years old. So we've now started a car fund for my next ride. I actually really like this. I see it around town here in Detroit. It's the Ford Mustang Mach-E. It's not like your typical Mustang. It's like a crossover SUV kind of thing. It's super cool looking and it is fully electric. So I don't know if you guys have seen this one. I like it and I'm excited to go fully electric. So we're starting our car fund with that one in mind. And then another thing to consider if you're not worried about investing in retirement so much is paying off your mortgage early. Yeah, you've you've heard us talk about this quite a bit on the show. We ended up becoming mortgage-free in the midst of our investing journey. For others who have reached this Coast Fire milestone, eliminating the largest monthly payment you'll ever make could be something to consider. We've definitely enjoyed it. This is a personal decision for sure. It's not for everybody. Some people can't get behind paying off low interest debt. I get it. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But paying off our mortgage early was one of the best decisions our family ever, ever made. The freedom we have now is incredible. And then the last thing to consider is just designing a new lifestyle. If you've got no debt, you've got no mortgage, and you've got little to no need for additional retirement contributions. You can adjust your work lifestyle as well. We've done this. I left my corporate nine to five early last year, and now I am working part-time as a, I don't even know what I call myself. Let's call it a content creator. I'm a content creator. That sounds cool. I've said blogger. I've said podcaster. I don't know. I want to say content creator now. I make videos on the internet. I write articles. I create podcasts, and I get paid for it. It's awesome. I absolutely love my new job. Thank you, by the way, for listening to the show because you're making that a possibility. And I also love the flexibility it gives me to be a present dad and husband as well. I'm working about 25 hours a week. I spend a lot of time with my family. And when I used to do this as a side hustle, I was working on the weekends. I was working in the evenings. I've given that up now and I enjoy more life, which is great. And Nicole does work as well, which makes things a lot easier regarding health insurance and with her income as well. So between the two of us, we're pulling in around $100,000 per year now between an administrative assistant. That's what she chose to do with her career. She was in a very frenetic account management role before, and she's like, I don't want to do that anymore. So she's an admin for her office now, and I'm a content creator. (laughs) So that 100K is plenty for us to pay for what we need and enjoy a lot of the extras like vacations and summer camps for our kids. 
And then the last thing, just for consideration, is to give more. And this is a change that we've made in our family over the past couple of years. This past year, we started giving 10% of our after-tax income in a very different way, not your typical 10% tithe, the way that our family wants to do it. So we give 5% to charities and causes we believe in. And we also give 4% to family and friends in the form of gifts and cash and other surprises. And lastly, we give 1% to our hardworking neighbors in the service industry during the holidays. It's cool. This one's one of my favorites. The ability to give a $100 tip to someone going the extra mile to give their families a better life just feels great. And uh, Nicole digs it as well. And we're showing our kids how fun it is to give. So that's fun. There are dozens of other things you can do with your money when you are not worried about debt payments, mortgage payments, or investing for your retirement. And uh, I'm excited for you all to discover those too. That could be helping your kids graduate student debt-free. It could be dozens of other things. So if this all sounds interesting to you, you may be wondering how you can reach Coast Fire too. So to understand when you've achieved Coast Fire, you need to first find out two important numbers. The first one is your annual expenses. And the second one is when you want to retire. So let's talk about your annual expenses first. Your annual expenses, essentially, this is just a fancy way of saying, how much do I spend each year? And if you don't know this number, that's okay. Not a lot of people do. The number most people know right off the bat is how much they make each year. I believe that knowing how much you spend each year is even more important because you can make a million bucks a year But if you spend 1.1 million bucks a year, you're in the hole by 100K each year and you're not building wealth and you're not setting yourself up for a comfortable retirement. So if you don't know this number, create a budget, start tracking your spending and find out. Nicole and I use Mint. It helps us to do this automatically. It's a free budgeting app. We've been using it for almost 10 years. It is our budgeting tool of choice, but there are dozens of other apps. Some of them are free. Some of them are paid. Some of them give you better features. Some of them have advertising in them. You decide which one works. I've got some great resources that can help you find that. But again, Mint is fantastic and it's helped us quite a bit. And then again, the second thing that you want to know is when you want to retire. So for our Coast Fire calculation, I chose 65 years old. Now, you may want to be more aggressive and choose 59 and a half because that's when you can access your 401k and your IRA without penalty. Now, the earlier you retire, the less compound interest has time to work in your favor. So I like 65. You could choose 59 and a half. If you choose 70 years old, then you'll have even more money, right? But perhaps that's waiting too long to enjoy your money. That is a decision only you can make, my friend. So you decide that. Once you know your annual expenses and you know generally when you want to retire, start playing around with some calculators. You can use specific Coast Fire calculators. There's a great one on WalletBurst.com. And I'll put that in the show notes for people to play around with. It's great. That shows you where you are potentially within your Coast Fire journey. And if you don't even want to go that fancy, you can just use a compound interest calculator. There's one great one on investor.gov that helps you to kind of play things around. So these calculators, they may not give you the exact answers you're looking for, but they'll help you see if you're on the right track and where you're headed. So you may find 
by playing around with these calculators or just looking at these resources, you may find that you need to keep investing for retirement after all. And don't worry if that's the case. That is the majority of America, my friends. According to Go Banking Rates, they asked over 2,000 respondents about their savings. And what they found was 64% of Americans are now expected to retire with less than $10,000 in their retirement savings accounts. And this is versus 42% that reported back in January. So things are getting more grim. Just to help you clarify this, if you spend more than $10,000 per year, that retirement savings wouldn't even last a year for you. So if Coast Fire sounds awesome, but living on less than $10,000 per year sounds horrible... <laughs> Either way, then it's time to get rocking with your retirement investing, my friends. Take some time, look at your annual expenses, consider when you want to retire, think about the great things that you can do with your money when retired or even today, and get inspired to invest more, my friends. Well, those are my thoughts on Coast Fire, everyone. If you have anything you want to add or share with me on this topic, please hit me up on social media at Andy Hill MKM, your social media of choice, whatever, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you. We'll be back to the show after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan 
above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. For our Be The Change segment this month, we are featuring Junior Achievement, an organization dedicated to inspiring and preparing young people to succeed. And with the 18 months we've all just been through, this inspiration is more important than ever. I've invited the Senior Vice President of Brand from Junior Achievement, Ed Grohalski, on the show today, and we're going to be discussing the importance of developing entrepreneurial and financial skills in kids and what maybe you can do to help. Welcome to the show, Ed. Oh, thanks for having me, Andy. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for making the time to chat about this important topic. So let's talk about why it's important for kids to learn these entrepreneurial or financial skills while they're young. Well, it's really important from the standpoint that, you know, our schools obviously have a lot of things on their plate and, you know, one of the biggest drivers of employment in our country and actually economic development is small business. And yet very little attention is paid to teaching these concepts to young people. And in fact, when you look at entrepreneurs, it's typically adults who kind of stumble into it. And, you know, we all know the stories about it. You know, businesses can fail two or three times before, you know, an entrepreneur is a success. So what our hope is, is exposing young people to entrepreneurship, financial literacy, and work readiness earlier in their life. So they make fewer of those mistakes as they uh, you know, reach adulthood. If we can make those mistakes while we're young, maybe with $50 as opposed to $50,000, then we'll have a better chance of succeeding. That makes sense. So we talked a little bit at the top of the show about the pandemic and maybe how this has affected Gen Z or youth. Can you talk a little bit about how that's been an impact for our youth during this time period, and especially with regard to entrepreneurship and moving forward in the world? Well, absolutely. And, and there's been a lot in the news lately about the great resignation where you've got a lot of young workers, primarily younger millennials and, and you know, the first wave of Gen Zs who have entered the workforce and they're, they're changing jobs. They're, you know, they, a lot of them don't feel like their jobs have a purpose. You know, there's a higher level of dissatisfaction and that's kind of driving what's going on. And a lot of it is being driven by the pandemic. You've got some burnout happening. They had the reduction in force happen right in the early months of the pandemic. And it resulted in in fewer people doing a lot more work. And I think that's really weighed on a lot of people. It's really weighed on everybody. But I think for the the Gen Z in particular, a lot of them are stepping back and reassessing, is this really what I want to do? It's a a bad way to start off a career, to be perfectly honest. So I think what you've got now is you're seeing a lot of job hopping for for Gen Z. And and as a result of it, too, there, there has been some evidence that you know, those that are really wanting to pursue their own passions that may not be able to find it within the context of the workplace or are looking at starting their own businesses or starting to start their own businesses. And so it's an interesting time for sure. And, you know, we sometimes look back from our perspective, we look back at what happened during the Great Recession and uh, what happened with millennials when when they kind of hit that. And, you know, what it did is it, it, it did result in career change. It resulted in higher student loan debt. It resulted in, you know, a delayed comeback of small business. So we anticipate something similar happening this time around. Unfortunately, Gen Z are the ones who are going to be really facing a lot of those challenges going forward. 
I lived through that Great Recession as well and had a lot of moments of financial insecurity. And, you know, some of those lessons helped me to become who I am today, which is which I'm also thankful for. So let's talk Mm -hmm. about how junior achievement fits into this issue. How does junior achievement help solve what we're talking about today? So uh, really what we, we focus on three primary areas and I mentioned it, uh, financial literacy, entrepreneurship and work readiness. And, and again, schools don't typically teach these subjects, but these are things that we deal with every day in our life. All of us have a job at one time or another. All of us have to deal with money. All of us interact with business, even if you don't have your own business. And yet these are topics that aren't really taught. And, you know, historically it's been parents who've done these things, but obviously that doesn't always happen. Parents are busy as well, um, you know, working and and everything else. So junior achievement is there to really kind of fit into that space and and really help young people, you know, get an understanding of these concepts, especially how it ties to education. That's one of those things where, you know, we, we refer to ourselves sometimes as the fourth R, you know, you hear reading, writing, arithmetic, and our fourth R is we bring the relevance of what they're learning and how it applies later in life. And so our whole goal really is to help smooth that journey a bit from, you know, being a young person to eventual, you know, happiness, ideally as an adult. That's very interesting. You brought up that these types of skills aren't really taught in schools. Is that something that junior achievement is pushing for on the national level that it should be taught in schools? Or is it just there is already so much being taught in school that this can't fit in? Well, so junior achievement, the way we operate is we have programs that are offered for free or, or no low or no cost to schools, depending on the community and the situation. And, and typically we have our community businesses and foundations that pay to provide those programs to schools. And this past year, we reached about two and a half million students, even with the pandemic before that, we were closer to five million students. And you know, our, our approach to it is we, we don't necessarily support mandates. You'll, you'll see mandates at this in, in a few states when it comes to financial literacy or, or career training and things like that. We're, we're certainly there to provide programs in those states that do that, but we, we don't lobby for those kinds of things. We feel like there's already enough of a community need that if there were just solutions provided to schools, they would, they would find a way to make time for them. And, and that's usually what happens. I understand that you guys have been at this for quite a while. This is a more than 100-year-old organization. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It's interesting. So we started in 1919, and it was really a response, if you'll, you'll think of the early 20th century with the Industrial Revolution. A lot of people were moving from farms to the cities. Well, a lot of the, the young people who were in those families, you know, they, they didn't have or weren't getting the skills they needed to, to be able to contribute to the economy. So, you know, at the time they were in school, they got out of school, got their high school degree, and then, you know, weren't really sure what to do. And so initially, a lot of what we did was we, we taught young people about the concepts of business and, and production and, and those kinds of things. And that evolved into what we call the JA Company Program, which really became more of an entrepreneurial education program. And that was an after-school uh, program. It's still around, but that was our uh, premier program up until about 1975, and around that time, we started to go more in school. So we introduced the middle school program, elementary school program, high school program. And now, again, almost almost all of our programming is in the, you know, in the schools as part of a regular school day. You know, obviously, with the pandemic, we've had to make adjustments. You know, we went with what we call a digital first approach, where a lot of our materials are being delivered through virtual volunteers, remote learning, things like that. But we still rely on those in-person volunteering experiences. And, and we certainly want to return to that in communities where that's allowed or, or you know, certainly after we get the pandemic under more control. 
That's incredible. Yeah, well, let's talk about the results of your organization, some of the impact that it makes, having it been around for so long and you covering so many stages in a young person's life. And I understand you guys pride yourself on those results. Can you share some positive impact that the organization has made? Well, yeah, absolutely. So we've done a great deal of research with our JA alumni, and we, we estimate that probably 30 to 40 million Americans have been through junior achievement in one form or another over the past hundred years. So one thing that we have discovered is they certainly have a higher level of career satisfaction. About 88% tell us that they, they are satisfied with the career. A lot of them cite junior achievement for influencing the career decisions. You know, as I mentioned, we have volunteers from the business community primarily who come into the classroom. Those, those volunteers serve as role models. And we see a significant proportion of our student alumni who have ended actually working in the same fields as the classroom volunteer that they had from junior achievement, are more prone to start businesses, higher confident level when it comes to managing finances, typically lower student loan debt levels when going through school and more likely to pay off a student loan in 10 years compared to the general population. So there's all kinds of stats that, that we look at. And again, our alumni give us, you know, certainly credit JA for that, that impact on their life. And so we're very proud of that and continue to, uh, you know, get those programs out to young people. We had a, a student, I'll, I'll go, I'll go give her a name, Yesenia, yeah, I won't give her a last name, but she is a partner of the law firm in Dallas. And what's interesting with Yesenia at the time she was involved in the organization was back in the uh, mid nineties. And I actually, I was working for Jay at the time and, and knew her personally. So she came from single mother household, San Antonio, a poor neighborhood, and she had junior achievement come into her classroom and really was inspired by the volunteers. In fact, she ran into a point where her friends started telling her that she, that, that she thought she was too good to associate with them and that she was never going to accomplish anything and she was going to fail. And what up, invariably ended up happening is, you know, she ended up going to Southern Methodist and she became a lawyer. And again, she's in Dallas now, a partner in this law firm, happily married, and again, credits JA for her success. And we, we have lots of stories like that. The thing about junior achievement is you know, sometimes it's encouragement when there is no other encouragement. And we've heard stories of people who weren't, weren't the best students, they weren't great athletes, kind of didn't fit in, especially when you're talking about high school. And it was a JA experience where something clicked where they said, I've got talent I didn't realize I had. I have interest I didn't realize that, that I had. And junior achievement is kind of opening my eyes to that. And so that, that's a very common story that we hear. I love that. I think that's beautiful. I mean, it's almost, you know, giving purpose where there was none to begin yeah. with. Because I know, I think of myself, purpose, I was in high school, moved on to college. What am I going to study? I don't know. What is my brother studying? I'll study that. And then yeah. I get into the real world. Well, I don't like this. You know, right. it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's as if yeah. you need to train and and play around with things, get an understanding of what you like early enough so that you are guided in a good direction. I love this. Thank you very much for sharing. You know, maybe there's sure. somebody listening right now and is feeling, I really like to give back maybe by being a JA volunteer. I've got some great experience in my life. I think I could be a help. Where should they go? So they can go to our website at ja.org. And what we always do is, is recommend inter those interested in volunteering to connect with your local junior achievement office. We have 104 of them across the country. That's another thing about our organization. And there are other groups out there that are kind of in the space, but none of them kind of have the footprint that we have in terms of people on the ground in, in those communities. 
And so going through that process and, and getting your, you know, getting in contact with those local offices, that's really the best first step to getting involved. Excellent. And if somebody maybe doesn't have the time, but has a little bit of money to support, is that the best place to go to as well? Yeah. If they want to go to ja.org, there's, there's opportunities to, again, we, we certainly encourage folks to give to JA and their local community. I mean, they can always give to the national organization, but we, we, we do encourage them to provide that local support because that will have the most impact within their own community. If a parent is maybe listening and they say, well, you know, my child, I think they could benefit from this. Is this something that they would just, you know, maybe lobby their school to say, hey, we should get JA in here or how can that work? Yeah, I mean, well, and the thing is with Junior Achievement, we actually are in a lot of the school systems already. So my recommendation would be the parents connect with their school to see if it's offered. The other thing, too, is we really approach these things from a district partnership standpoint. So it's entirely possible the school district has signed on for Junior Achievement, but a school may not have it. But again, if a parent contacts that school... That's one way to do it. The other thing is to contact the local junior achievement office and just see because those folks would have the you know best information in terms of what's actually happening within the school districts locally. And typically, you know, even if even if JA isn't serving a particular school, if we're talking about a parent going in and, and teaching their own child's program or something like that, there, there's usually a way that that can be done because we provide those resources and things like that. So certainly that's a, a great step is to, to contact uh, the JA office and also the school and just to see what's going on. Excellent. Well, Ed, we've got a lot of folks that listen to the show that are all about giving their family a great future as well as just collectively our community in general. So I'm hoping this message is inspiring for some of those folks to be the change they want to see in their family and be the change they want to see in their country. So thank you so much for your time today, Ed. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on, Andy. This show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. To keep this show running, my friends, and to help your buddy Andy smile, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or on social media tagging at Andy Hill MKM. Those reviews help more people to find and consider this family empowering podcast. To encourage you to leave a review of this show, each month we do a book giveaway. So last month we received 11 reviews since the last time we gave away a book. And this quarter, as a reminder, we're going to be giving away three different books from past podcast guests. Mom's Got Money by Kat Alford, Investing for Kids by Allison Tom and Dylan Redling, and The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And to help me pick the winner this week, I've got my assistant Zoe Hill here with Hi. me once again. How's it going, baby? Good. Awesome. Well, before we do the review, why don't we do a money quiz? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Cue that cheesy game show music. Let me explain the rules again, Zoe. I know that uh, you know the rules. But uh-huh. People who are listening might not know it. Uh, but I'm going to give you three different questions. And for every question you answer correctly, I'm going to give you a dollar. What you think about that? Yeah, y'all. Yeah, dollars are good. All right. Ready for the first question? Yep. Drum roll, please. Question one. 
You and I looked at your Vanguard account, your Vanguard investment account this morning, and we talked about dividends. What did you learn about dividends? In order to be invested, you've got to have money in your investing account, mm-hmm. if you have an investing account. And then you just got to sit on your butt and you just wait there. And it, the money only comes a quarter of like four times a year. And then, boop, you got some in your money investing. That's right. So you get some dividends. So you so you invest, you sit on your butt. Yep. And then once a quarter, you get money. Yep. You just sit on your butt. You sit on your butt. I think that's a correct answer. And it's awesome. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, that's pretty much investing, you know. You put the money you just, in the investment account. You just sit account. on your butt and wait for it. Then you you sit and wait. We looked at your dividends. How much did you get for your dividends? Five. It was about six bucks. Six bucks. So six bucks for sitting on your butt and doing nothing. Sitting on my butt and doing nothing. What do you think? Six three bucks. Yeah. So when you get older, what if that was six hundred bucks a month? Wow. Yeah. Or as you get even older, what if that was six thousand? Thousand. We're six million. Well, (laughs) that's a lot. That's a lot for dividends. But anyway, enough for you to. Buy all of the fidgets in the world. Yes. (laughs) That's a correct answer. Way to go, Zoe. Dividends, everybody. Yes, that is some advanced stuff, my girl. I'm very proud of you. Congratulations. One dollar in your ally account. One dollar. Right after this quiz. All right. Let's go to question number two. Okay. You had a lemonade stand recently Mm -hmm. and a very generous man gave you and Calvin $100 for a 50 cent cup of lemonade. Yes, we told him, hey, no, we don't need to give $100. That's too much. Please, please, please. But he insisted. What did you think of that generosity? And follow up question. Yeah. What will we always do going forward when we see a lemonade stand? I really hope you enjoyed the lemonade. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it too for 100 bucks. <laughs> And now what we do is when we find the lemonade we always go and we pay extra. And pay extra. That's great. Yeah, I love that. We might not be able to give $100, but yeah. we want to always give extra. So what happened the week after that? We, we, we saw a lemonade stand, right? Mm-hmm. And then we went there and we gave them... I think we gave them six for their two cups, right? Six for yeah. two cups. So that's what we had in the glove compartment. I had some money, but... I think having that uh, as a plan going forward is a good idea. What do you think? Yeah. Awesome, Zoe. Well, that's another correct answer, everybody. Way to go, Zoe Hill. Another dollar in your ally (laughs) account, which is great. Yay. All right, question three. You're on a roll here. When Grandma passed away a couple years ago, she left our family $30,000 as an inheritance. We now use that money and we use the dividends... To honor her memory each year by having grandma take you guys for back to school shopping. She's there in spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something she used to love to do. Yeah. Now, if we don't use all the dividends for back to school shopping, what else should we do with the dividends that might make <laughs> grandma happy? Buy socks so we don't get frostbite. <laughs> That's right. Grandma would say, You're going to get frostbite. <laughs> That's right. So socks. What else would grandma want us to do with the money? Hmm. Maybe save some. Save some. Yeah. Do you think if we got together with um, Pete and Uncle Tim? <gasps> yeah. For dinner for something? dinners or something like that. She'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. How about all the kid behind with? <gasps> oh, 
Could use it to buy kibbe hummus. Oh yeah, kibbe, and also tell people what kibbe hummus well. is. Kibbe hummus is like a soup with some meat chunks in it, and mm-hmm. it tastes really good. And Grandma used to make it for you all the time. Yes, right? and I would eat it. Well, that is a fun way to honor Grandma's memory, and you get another correct answer and another dollar in your ally account. We're going to be putting three dollars in right after this chat. And Zoe, I am so proud of you. You know a lot about money. I do know a lot about money. I'm just very proud of you. Well, let's read our review now that you're three dollars richer. We got 11 reviews since last month, so do your thing with your your lady there. Alexa, pick a number between 1 and 11. Here's a number between 1 and 11. It's 2. Excellent. Well, our second review, review. comes in from Holler86, and he calls it, or he or she, calls it a podcast I didn't know I needed in my week. That is an awesome title. So, Zoe, here is yeah. the review. It's a lengthy one. Mm-hmm. I uh, love you very much yeah. if you could read it. I came across Andy's podcast earlier this week when searching about a personal finance topic. It has quickly become one of my must-listen-to shows. I wasn't seeking out family-oriented content, but I absolutely love the intersection of topics around marriage, kids, and money. For working parents in the phase of life, really what else is on your mind? So often podcast hosts can come off as know-it-alls who only preach their ways and methods. But I really admire Andy's positivity, open-mindedness, and humility in how he presents new topics. It's a breath of fresh air in the personal finance world. The Wine Fridays with Nicole are especially great. I love how Andy and Nicole really turn over and examine from all angles. It creates an interesting dialogue to see things from both of their perspectives and sometimes guests. Keep up the work, and I really hope this review helps fulfill your words of affirmation, love, language, Andy. Excellent. That was a very long review and a very kind review, Holler86. Thank you so much for leaving it. It does fulfill my my words of affirmation bucket and, and makes me feel very grateful to be able to do the show with Nicole and to be able to do the show with Zoe here. So Zoe, thank you so much for reading that review. And thank you again, Holler86. Um, Holler86, I don't have your email. So if you could please email me a screenshot of this review, I'd really appreciate it. That way we can get you a book ASAP. My email is andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. So if you could do that, that'd be great. And again, everybody, we're going to be doing this again next month. Yay. Same Zoe, but new books. The yes, first but, one is but, but, Playing Zoe. With Fire by Scott Rickens. The second one is Dream of Legacy, Raising Strong and Financially Secure Black Kids by Anne Lise Wealth. And the last one is The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. So if you are interested in one of those books and hearing Zoe's sweet voice. Yes, yes, but Zoe will change. Zoe would have gotten her flu shot because Zoe's going to get her flu shot tomorrow. Oh, yes, we're going to get our flu shot tomorrow. I don't want to. about that. But anyway, leave the review in Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot of it and email me at Andy at Marriage Kids and Money. Or if you don't have Apple Podcasts, which a lot of people don't, That's gonna you, can be just, okay. you can just post a review of your favorite episode on social media <laughs> and tag me at Andy Hill MKM. That would be awesome. Thank you very much for considering it. And Zoe, thank you mm-hmm. very much. I'm going to put that $3 in your account right now. 
Are you hydrating? Doesn't that doesn't that sound like the uh, opening of bread and wine? <laughs> oh yeah, it does sound like the opening of bread and wine. <laughs> In September, everybody, we've got a great lineup, and I'm excited to share it with you. Next Monday, September 13th, we've got author Mark Ostak, and he's going to join me to discuss how we can foster digital wellness in our families. The Monday after that, I'm going to answer another listener question, and we're also going to hear from Brendan Dale from South Africa on what it's like to pay off a mortgage all the way over there. And the Monday after that, September 27th, Christina Ellis is going to join us and share how we can help our kids, help our teens earn six figures in college scholarships, making the college experience much easier on our kids and us. And of course, every Friday, you're going to hear more bread and wine. This is the award-nominated bread and wine show, everybody. And that's with my wife, Nicole. This is a candid chat between her and I about our relationship, about money, about parenthood. And sometimes we invite some interesting guests as well. So join us, check it out. And we'd love your feedback on how we're doing. Last month, everybody, just so you know, was the best month on record for marriage, kids and money. We've got the most downloads ever in the history of this show. So thank you. Thank you for supporting this small business and helping me live out my dream of making uh, content on the internet. It's a lot of fun. I really do. I love it. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Jerry Rice. Today, I will do what others won't. So tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. Your efforts today will make your tomorrow so much brighter, my friends. Carpe diem. 